0: beautiful humans. My name is Morgan and I'm your podcast host. I'm a talk therapist by training and a practicing spiritual entrepreneur. I specialize in Reiki, Tarot, and past life regression. In this podcast, I integrate both clinical and spiritual perspectives to best support you on your healing journey. Welcome to The Clinical Spiritualist. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Clinical Spiritualist. My name's Morgan and I am your host. Today is Tuesday, January 4th, and it is officially the new year. I Today I feel really excited about the new year, a little motivated, but the past few days have just been really sluggish and having a trauma response, which is what we are talking about today. I think this is one of the most important things to talk and learn about and that it can benefit everyone because we all have trauma responses. So today I really just want to cover the basics of what the main trauma responses are, what trauma even is, how we can work with these responses or identify what even our trauma responses are. And how do we move through that? So first I would like to just talk about what trauma is. And this word is very popular. And I don't say that like it's trendy. I'm just saying a lot of us are understanding that what trauma is outside of people in the mental health realm. So I'm a therapist. That is my training and my background. Um, I'm all about mental and spiritual health. And so I have a lot of therapy friends or follow a lot of people who are in this realm. And so, yes, of course, those people in these helping spaces know what trauma is and are talking about it. But I think even outside of that, people are waking up to what trauma is and how it encompasses more than veterans who have developed p t s d and that is not diminishing veterans and their trauma- like in their trauma, it is just saying that most, if not close to all of us, have some sort of trauma and Okay, so let's break down what trauma is before I get carried away. Trauma is an event or multiple events. So it can be one time, it can be a thousand times of something tragic that has happened to us. And it's not about what happened. That is the misconception with trauma is that we think, oh, I didn't, I didn't live through a natural disaster, therefore I haven't been through trauma. Trauma isn't really about what happened, what the event was, or the frequency or the duration of it. Trauma is all about how our nervous system perceived the event. A child has two parents and for example, child has two parents and one parent works a lot. One parent is maybe they're a doctor or something. They're on call a lot. And that child now is 35 and now finds it hard for their partner to leave for their job Um, because their nervous system interpreted that, Childhood event or events as traumatic as unsafe, their nervous system didn't know if they could trust their attachment figure. So, even though that doesn't sound very traumatic, like oh, it's just a parent going to work, you know, the child's not actually abandoned. It's not about the event or what's what's happening or what opinions we have about what's happening. It's all about how the nervous system, how the nervous system perceived. Those events. So that is just one example of what trauma can look like. Um, trauma again. There's this conversation in the mental health community of there's big T trauma and there's little T trauma. So big T trauma would be some form of abuse. Little T trauma would be. I don't know. See what I'm trying to say with this is that I kind of, we have these words of big T trauma, little T trauma, big T is more, a bigger catastrophe, little T trauma is less catastrophe. And really, I don't agree with that. I think, again, it's not like up for like judgment, which I don't think is fair when we're talking about someone else's trauma is that, again, it's not what happened. There's not like a board, a committee, (laughs) or a board of people who are like, okay, bring your trauma. We're going to decide if it's big T or little t, if it was a big deal, or if you can survive it. Um, That's really not how it works. And so trauma is something that happens that we just weren't prepared for. Our nervous system made a story about what happened. And therefore, we feel unsafe, we feel unsettled, and it has affected our life. Trauma doesn't just impact the moment that it happens. Trauma impacts the remainder of our life until we are able to recognize what our trauma and traumas are. And I really, truly think that most, if not all of us, I don't use like using like all or none language, so I won't say everyone, but it's a lot of people. I don't think I've ever met someone who hasn't had trauma. They may not be aware of it, but they've definitely been through trauma. And also another misconception about trauma is that it has to happen in childhood. No, trauma can happen any time across the lifespan. And it's not, trauma isn't an indicator of how well you've have coping skills or can tolerate things trauma is trauma and so devastating because oftentimes we aren't prepared and it kind of side swipes us. It's something that we didn't realize was going to happen. We weren't prepared for it. And so from that, we have something called trauma responses. So that's exactly how it sounds, a response to trauma. And Yes, we have trauma responses that are in the moment. So a trauma happens, maybe a trauma for someone is they're waiting for the school bus and the school bus never shows and they're 10 years old and they don't know when their caregivers are coming. They don't know they're like lost, you know, and their nervous system has then made a story and held on to that, that, you know, no one is aware of where they are or something like that. So maybe a trauma response for that person. I'm using children as examples, but I'll try to incorporate an adult version as well. So, so that happens. And the person, the child has a trauma response in in the moment. So there's four different trauma responses. There are fight, there is fight, flight, freeze, or Fawn, and we're gonna briefly go through each one. Today, I really just wanna serve um, as a very broad introduction into trauma and trauma responses. This is a very interesting subject, so I think it would be important to dissect each response even further, but today we're just gonna do a brief rundown. Okay, so for example, let's go back to the kid and the bus comes, and um, maybe the the response is freeze, so what that looks like for them is they just sit over in the grass, and they freeze, or dissociate, or numb out, or just kind of like their nervous system gets so flooded with cortisol and stress hormones that they, all (laughs) excuse me, that all they know is to freeze, and we don't, get to pick our trauma responses. That's just what has developed in this situation. And so yes, the trauma response happens when the trauma is occurring. And then let's say this person moves a decade later, they're 20 years old and they're outside and they're waiting for their Uber to go to a coffee shop and the Uber doesn't show and their friends aren't picking up. And they were then reminded of what happened at 10 years old, not, not consciously. That's the thing about trauma is that this is why doing the work and uncovering and, and recognizing our trauma responses and where they came from is very important because when people don't have education around trauma, they would think, well, why would I, why would being left at the bus stop impact me at 20 years old? That's just like little kid stuff like that doesn't even matter. But that's, again, that's not how trauma works. It's stored in the body of, and it's created a narrative both viscerally viscerally? <laughs> Guys I've been out of school for too long um, <laughs> it creates a response in the body that maybe our mind isn't telling us that's what my trauma is so difficult to unpack is that we get these symptoms we get these feelings that we don't have language for that we don't consciously or logically can tell people or even tell ourselves why we are experiencing it, experiencing it. And so maybe being left at the bus stop wasn't the worst thing that happened to this person in my story I've created, but it is a significant event that has traumatically impacted them. And so let's go on. okay, they're 20, they're waiting for the Uber for the coffee shop, yada, yada. And Uber doesn't show. They're, they're getting reminded of this event that occurred at 10 and what do they do? They go back. So what do they do? They go back to what they did when they were 10. Their, their nervous system is reminded of what they had been through. The story was created. I am not, no one worries about me. I'm left alone and no one is coming for me. So what do they do? They freeze. They sit down, they dissociate, they numb out are unaware of what they're feeling. They just zone out until they don't anymore because they're out of their window of tolerance. So that is a small, (laughs) maybe I should have wrote down examples before I got on this, but I really just like doing my podcasts off the whim because if it's too structured, then it's just like, why am I doing a podcast? You know? So the four different trauma responses, and I think there's more, but these are the four main ones. And actually there's, there's always been talk of the the two. So fight or flight are the famous ones fight. That is obvious. We start yelling at someone. We freak out. We maybe physically fight someone. Maybe a fight used to be my trauma response for sure. It still kind of is where it's just like you're overwhelmed. Okay. So I'll just get personal lately. I've been super overwhelmed. And I've just been picking bites with my partner, like I just have, because um, I'm overwhelmed about other things and she's in the house with me. So, yeah, it could be verbally fighting, it could be physically harming someone, it could be intimidation. Like most people that like get in bites because they're having a trauma response. And let me just clear the air any sort of abuse, emotional, verbal, physical, is not okay. And even if someone is having a trauma response and something happened to them, it is not okay to harm others. So let's clear the air on that. We can, we can have insight into our lives and still be accountable for not causing harm to others. The famous ones are fight or flight fight being those examples I just gave flight. Oof. I've dated some flighters y'all. Um, flight is fleeing, going away. So maybe it's, as simple as two friends get in a fight and they just leave the house. They they Their nervous system is so flooded with stress. They don't know what to do. And their trauma response when their caregivers used to fight, their parents or caregivers, um, was to leave the premises. So what do they do now that they're reminded of these feelings with their friend? They leave. Sometimes people, this is why people just ghost in in dating, whether it's the beginning of a relationship or you're 10 years in, people just leave um, because they're having a flight response. So I can think of someone in my personal life who is, oh my gosh, is everywhere all the time. Like you can tell they're experiencing distress because they're just, doing this thing and that thing and over here in this place and that place. And it's kind of distressing to watch them, but it's also very clear that they're having a flight trauma response that they feel their internal world getting too chaotic for them. And so they just get the heck out of Dodge. And obviously this, this ranges in severity, whether it's leaving the house for a couple hours or whether it's leaving for good. Um, this kind of trauma response is often correlated with the avoidance attachment, which I'll do a podcast on about all the different attachments that we learn in childhood and therefore impact our um, our current relationships. Then we have the freeze response, which is what I talked about with the kid who just sat in the grass and stared off into space. I also do freeze a lot. Um, In my trauma response, this looks a lot like numbing out, dissociating, just feeling numb. Like it really is associated with depression of the sense of hopelessness, the sense of helplessness, this like life has no meaning, um, kind of like this existential dread. I feel the freeze response a lot because in traumas that have happened to me where I've been physically violated, I froze and god when I, just like this is why it's so important to learn about trauma responses because when i learned that i froze and that i freeze now oh my god it just validated me so much and just got rid of so much shame of uh, why didn't i do certain things why didn't i say no why didn't i you know x y and z it's cause my i was freezing and it's really hard to get out of the freeze trauma response because It's just like, I can't think of a specific animal who does it, but I know a lot of animals do this. When they're under attack, when they're being killed, they'll fight for a second and then they'll literally freeze and just succumb to their death. (laughs) Hello, Tuesday, we are getting dark. Um, Because they're they're having a freeze trauma response and their brain is telling them like, it's just going to be safer if we don't do anything at all. Freeze, God, there's so much to impact with the freeze trauma response and how I've worked through that. Um the last trauma response and the one that was kind of added to the language I've noticed recently in the last year or two is Fawn. Fawn um the Fawn response. And I wish I could oh there's a there's a therapist on Instagram. Hold on, let me find her. Okay, I found her. There is a therapist on Instagram who talks a lot about the Fawn trauma response. I really love her. She just has this energy that is so unique. Um, Her Instagram handle is called Advanced Bitches, and her pronouns are she, her, and bitch. Amazing. Um, Her name is Elizabeth Kupferman? Kupferman? Probably Kupferman. Um, But she talks a lot about the trauma response Fawn. So this is new to me, because again, fight or flight is the major one, and then freeze was kind of talked about, and then fawn has been talked about even more, um, and is newer than the rest. Fawn is the trauma response of people-pleasing. Yes, people-pleasing is a trauma response. If you haven't seen that on Instagram yet, well, you're not following enough therapists. So let's talk about what people-pleasing is and what fawning is, or being a you know, being a people pleaser. So it's like you are on a business uh, meeting or a date or something with an interaction with a new person. I'm painting the scene here. Let's go with first date. You're on a first date with someone, and this person is is boring as hell. You're hating your time. You want to go home and watch Netflix with your cat. Um, you know in the first ten minutes that this person isn't a match, and let's paint it as a heterosexual, I guess couple, but they're not together um but this dynamic works really nicely because this happens a lot with women or um people who have been conditioned as women, so let's say it's a woman, a woman, and a cisgender man because I mean why not and The man talks the whole time and he is just a freaking drab. Is that a word? Yes, it is. And he's just annoying. But the woman, and I'm probably speaking from from personal experience, the woman wants to leave and feels trapped and is like, all right, we're going to finish dinner because I'm going to get free food. Well, that's kind of Let's just say the guy asked her and already said that he would pay. Okay, we're not going to do gender roles here. So she was asked to dinner or whatever. She's like, I'm hungry. My bank account's kind of near in the end. Yes, this sounds like a personal experience. <laughs> Let's get free food. And so they make this boundary and to themselves. But then they say to the person, all right, I think i'm gonna I think I'm gonna head out and they just start doing like that little t- that little small talk to kind of wrap the conversation up and get an uber home and this person keeps coercing them and when I say coerce i'm not going I'm not going dark with this. you can fawn and have a trauma response and something that doesn't necessarily lead to more trauma. we're just talking about the trauma response here I just Yeah, I I know when I say certain words, for me, if I were listening, I would start getting on the edge of my seat, wondering if I was about to be triggered. So you're not about to be triggered. Um, So you're trying to leave, and the other person isn't letting you, and they're like, no, stay, let's have one more drink. No, let's get dessert. And they're kind of not, not kind of, they're not listening to your boundaries. They're not hearing you when you say, you're tired, you want to go home, Thanks thanks for the time, but we're leaving. And you've already stayed past your, your threshold. You wanted to go in the first 10 minutes, but you didn't because you started fawning. You started people pleasing. You started negating your own boundaries, negating your own needs to please the person across from you that you don't even know. And so then finally, you just stay and you stay for another hour and you stay for another hour. And then finally you go home and you get home and you're freaking exhausted because your boundaries have just been spat on. And that is what people pleasing is. That is one, one small, well, one huge example. God, I feel tired from even talking about that. Um, that is what fawning is. And so maybe you were taken aback to a time when a parent was scolding you and you wanted to leave and you couldn't and you put your parents needs your you were taught that your parents needs are more important than your own you couldn't go have alone time you couldn't go decompress so therefore you've internalized you know and there's so many different examples I could give this is just the first thing that's coming to me um you've learned To get out of situations, you please the other person um, to make nice and avoid your boundaries because that's how you remain safe. And so those are the four trauma responses, fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. So let's quickly talk about, because I really want to go in depth with each one and new and different podcasts. Let's talk about why it's important to know your trauma response one, your trauma responses can change. You can, the examples I gave, you could be having a couple different ones. You could have one for five years and switch to another. Um, I, it's normal to have like a mixture of all of them, but I really relate to freeze the most and fight probably the next one. It's important to know this so that we can work on it, and not work on it in a way that is like, oh, add it to the to do list. Like, do dishes, do laundry, work on my trauma response. But it's like to in an empowering way so that we can understand and be mindful of what's going in our bodies when the person cuts us off in line, and we are freaking out, and it like doesn't match. Your your reaction doesn't match. The situation. So it's important to recognize, to get to know yourself better so that you can have a healthier relationship with yourself, so that you can learn what's happening in your body, how to regulate that, how to incorporate self-care so that when you get in new situations and you might be responding in a trauma response, you can recognize it quicker, you can react quicker, and you can prepare in a way that sets you up for success and then just like with any sort of healing work to know ourselves deeper means means that we get to know other people deeper it means that we get to have deeper relationships we get to feel safer in our environment our nervous system gets to relax a little bit and so I really think it's important to explore trauma and our trauma responses and you know Oftentimes therapists or people in the field will be like, find a therapist. And well, not even people in our field, just like, I feel like pop culture is like, go find a therapist. And I really want to say, like, yes, that is so important. Finding a trained therapist to work through this with. And also, like, you can do this work on your own. Like, I know therapy is expensive sometimes. Therapy isn't accessible to all. So therapy isn't the only way. I'm not like shitting on therapy. Obviously I'm a therapist, but this is something that you can research on your own. And I also invite you to not dive too deep into it. Like take off little chunks, read some books, listen to some podcasts, um, be mindful of when you're having a big reaction or when you're freezing. And now you have language of like, Oh, I'm freezing. How, like, how can I get out of this? Um, That is my short podcast on trauma responses. Let me know if any of this resonated with you, what you discovered, what you learned about yourself. And I really think I'm going to start a series on breaking down each of these trauma responses and providing more insight into how I've experienced them and how I've worked through them. So I really encourage you to do some self-care after this to, you know, I'm feeling a little stressed from talking about all of this because it is really deep, heavy content. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you on the next one.